Welcome to the Barbells and Briefcases podcast, the official business and fitness podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the purpose of bringing you this podcast is in hope for you to gain the value, resources, and information to help you with your goals in business, fitness, health, and life. My name is John Fody. Beside me, I have Nick Saka, and today we have a special guest that we truly admire for his hustle, grind, charisma, and overall ambition to make an impact and leave his mark. He's a world traveler, philanthropist, and a personal injury attorney here in Las Vegas, all at the age of 30 years old. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome our good friend, Jared Clark. What's up, baby? What's going on? What's going on? Thank y'all for having me. Yes, yes, sir. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've been mean to have Jared on this podcast for some time now. We've been talking about it. And it's definitely a privilege to have you here, man. You have a lot of influence, especially in our community, and we look up to you as individuals. That's why I reached out to you. I know you're about to drop some value for our listeners, give them some hope in this world, and uh, whatever you might be able to share, and they're willing to listen. So let's bring it, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks for being with us, bro. Tell our listeners about your story. All righty. Um, I guess we could start from the beginning here. So uh, I'm a, a Vegas local. Uh, I'm a native. Went to Mojave High School, class of 06. Um, I started my journey. I, I never knew what I wanted to be. You know, you have some <clears throat> folks when they're young, they know what they want to be throughout their entire life. Um, I started in Fort Valley State University for my college career. I actually left high school about two weeks early. Um, to join this program called the CDAP program, Cooperative Developmental Energy Program. And uh, you get your your um, your math degree if you go there three years, and you do a partnership school where you get your engineering degree. Um, so I went there for the summer of 2006, and I was miserable. Uh, quickly found out engineering wasn't for me. Quickly found out Fort Valley, uh, the city, was not for me. It was in the middle of... Um, Georgia. Uh, oh, really? Dead I was Ar- about to say, where's that at? <laughs> dead armadillos yeah. every half mile. Um, the, the folks were amazing at Southern Hospitality. Wait, armadillos uh, were a real thing? I always thought they was in Donkey Kong. A, a real thing, yes. <laughs> in the middle of the road every half mile out there. But, um, you know, I wound up uh, going to University of Arizona, leaving that uh, program early to pursue what I thought was going to be, you know, my career, and that was pharmacy. Um, I seized that probably in 2008 because I was working at a law firm out here that I absolutely loved and adored and realized I could mix both of my my passions together. Okay. So you've... So wait, when, when, did, when did you graduate? Uh, 2006 in high school. Oh, okay. 2010 um, for undergrad. But uh, I was at University of Arizona enrolled in the pre-pharmacy program because okay. I always thought I wanted to be a doctor or a pharmacist. Um, so how I, many years combined, like all together? Oh, uh, seven to where to get here where I'm at now. It was seven. Seven. Yeah. Do you think it was to be seven years? Um, no. Well, I guess you said you had something unexpected. You didn't know exactly what. Well. Correct. But I knew I wanted to do college. And the mm-hmm. cool thing about law school is your undergraduate degree doesn't matter what it's in. So any four year degree could get you into a law program. And uh, I was going to do college no matter what. So yeah. that was four almost like that I didn't count because it was going to happen anyways. So yeah. law school was three. So kind of three in addition to that. I mean, it took me seven and a half just to get the bachelor's. So. <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, I think it's a agent. No matter. You got it done. That's all that counts. Exactly. Across the finish line. Now, when you were in high school, um, did you have, I mean... It, did you have good grades? How'd it go? Did you know you were going to go to college right away? Did you set yourself up to go to college? Did you have scholarships? I mean, did you, did you were you prepared? Did you have a plan before you made that step forward? The only plan was go to college. That was a standard that my family set early on. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you kind of do what your folks do and what they preach at a young age. Uh, scholarships, you know, you would apply to the ones that would come across yeah. the counselor's desk. And shout out to Counselor White because she's the one. Um, and I let me backtrack that Fort Valley program it was a full ride scholarship um, so that's what seemed attractive about it although Georgia didn't seem attractive but your parents are it's free it's free and yeah. you know that's less that they have to pay if exactly. they're going to assist um, you know so we were seeing dollar signs so it's why not give it a shot for a free education mm-hmm. that's not an opportunity that comes very frequently but uh, yeah our counselor did set me up with that um, and I'm grateful for it for that nice yeah. and I know you were telling me before um, you were trying out for the varsity basketball team. Yes. I, before we go into your journey, I just want to know, like, 
I know you, what happened with that exactly. Break it down. What happened in high school when you were trying out for varsity basketball? I don't know. Jordan? We, we got to ask Coach Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> what we got? Uh, no, so yeah, my junior year, um, I'm still a little hot about that today, but I, the, the reason I, it was value in that. Um, you know, that was kind of my first time getting knocked down, for lack of better words, right? Uh, school naturally came easy to me. Um, so always, you know, in the classroom, we're, we're able to excel, but uh, that was the first time where it was like, you tried your best for something and didn't get it. Now, um, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, play the blame game or, or politics or anything like that. But, yeah, that was my first real knockdown. So it kind of taught me, you know, at that age, what, 15 years old, you got to get back up and uh, still remain positive and kind of see the good and the bad. And I'm glad I did. I mean, I was I would like to consider myself as a fair basketball player. You guys can ask my, my counterparts or my colleagues. But um, What position were you? Uh, point guard, shooting guard. Okay. Yeah, um, probably more a point guard. Kind of like a Russell, Russell Westbrook them, I mean, type I mean, game. I only went for the intramurals. <laughs> as soon as they selected the team, I wouldn't even wait for that. I'm like, all right, y'all, it's been real. <laughs> it's been real, guys. You know, they about to announce a team, so I'm, I'm out. Good luck, guys. Have a good season. I'm out. <laughs> so you cut it off early. Maybe that's what I should have did. I mean, right out there, the barrels. Um, but no, so that was my first real taste of, uh, you know, you tried and you, and you didn't get it, but uh, remain strong, remain resilient, and look at the good and the bad. What lesson did you learn from that exactly? I thought it was meant that, you know, I wasn't supposed to fall into the cycle of maybe falling in love with the game so much and being good at it to where you only focus on sports, right? Um, I think that's a common thing that people put the blinders on to the rest of life. Um, and you don't get your degree or whatever, you drop out go to the league, um, you know, you don't have a skill set a lot of times, and you see these people countless, countless times again running through $30 million, $80 million, um, you know, Antoine Walker, uh, Evander Holyfield, that's not basketball, but, you know, um, learning from those folks, um, I think there's 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 value in that. Nice. I think a lot of people feel defeated after they don't, like, I know a lot of people from high school that, like, they didn't make a team or they – they're like those people. We all know those people that are like super like hung up on what they were in high school. Like man, back in high school, you know, it was really good at eighty years ago. <laughs> right, like, like, we was running things, you know. Yeah. And, was, and I don't know. I always, I always think it's interesting that a lot of people get defeated after after that, and they they don't focus on the other God given talents that they've been blessed right. with, skills that they can take to a whole new level, and. And when you're not athletic, man, like like me, <laughs> when you're not athletic like me, you're forced to learn other skills. <laughs> I didn't have a distraction, right? It's kind of just a survival of the yeah. fittest type thing. Yeah, you want to play some Madden? Right. <laughs> like, I was forced to sharpen other skills in my life, so it worked out. I was forced to, like, be a sandwich artist. You know so, uh, it worked out good. <laughs> uh, what made you choose law? Like, you could have you done anything. Like, you have so much charisma, so much personality. Like, you could be a... A phenomenal, like, I'm in insurance, you could be a phenomenal salesperson, like, in anything that you do, but you're in law, like, and that's, like, that's the real deal. It's totally, totally not me. (laughs) So, so, uh, we're curious, what makes, what made you choose law? It kind of chose me, you know, I mentioned earlier that it wasn't something I wanted to do since I was a youngin', but I started working out a, a very respectable and prestigious law firm out here at 19 years old, um, pretty decent sized personal injury firm, uh, in town. And uh, I just fell in love with it. And then the main partner, uh, Joe Benson, a super, super good guy, um, he kind of convinced me, but it didn't really take convincing. It was just more of a reminder, like, Jared, you like what you do. You think you would be good at it. And, you know, you have a job if and you want it, if you get through the whole program. Uh, so, and we do personal injury. Um, at the time, we were doing personal injury. And as I mentioned, I was going to school for pre-pharmacy. So life science has always fascinated me. So I was deep into the sciences. I found it fun, um, challenging as well. And, uh, you know, we become, I wouldn't say we become many doctors by any stretch of the imagination, but in the personal injury world, we're, we're um, learning the nomenclature, we're, we're reading medical records on a daily basis, we're cross-examining doctors on, you know, their specialties, um, you know. So it was a way to kind of bridge both of my worlds, naturally what I always liked, which was sciences, and I just fell in love with, um, you know, uh, law, working there for them. Okay, I got a, I got a total random question. This isn't even on the list, but what what makes you so good at uh, for our listeners, our listeners that don't know him? This guy is just very influential, very contagious. Like like I, I met him one time, 
and I felt like he was my friend, you know. <laughs> and we were at the gym the next yeah. day or whatever, yeah. working out. And next day we're, we're boys, you know. <laughs> like, talk to the introverts or maybe the introverts of the world or maybe to the to the people that, that struggle with either networking or, or um, with influence. Like, what are your tips on, on how to be more influential and, and how to network more? Because you know a ton of people. And that's um, probably how you've built your business so far. No, it, it certainly is. And being from here helped. But uh, I like people. I, I think from people we can learn. I like learning new stories. We're all different. We all have our own DNA and there's something to learn from everybody. But more importantly, I don't like um, not having an opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, so I could go to uh, working dinners or, you know, try to close deals and meetings three or four times after work out the week. If I close one, I'm, I'm ecstatic. But that's an opportunity that if I didn't go, you know, I'm always going to get coffee with you. Always. Um, that's an opportunity that you foreclose off yourself if you don't sit down. So why not get in the game, put the jersey on and put the shots up um, as opposed to, you know, uh, from the sideline. But I, I'm very, I'm a probabilities, I'm a numbers guy. You know, you cast a wide net, those Absolutely. opportunities, you have to, yeah, right? Because opportunities are opening every day. It's up to us to recognize, yeah. you know, that opportunity and walk through that door. But you're genuine about it, though. It's not like, I don't, I, I, I don't feel like you're taking shots at me. There's people that I meet and I feel like I'm, I'm being sold, you know? Yeah. And I'm big on that because I'm, I'm big on, hey, let's become friends first. Correct. Let's build a relationship first. That's why I don't get along. Like, like I didn't get along with Fody at first. <laughs> <laughs> no, Fody's grown tremendously, but but it's like you know, uh, two two. No, nah, never mind. There's probably listeners that are. <laughs> there's just two couple groups of people that I don't really like vibe with. You know, off top. What's their name? No. <laughs> I think I think joking, I think like I think like I think like I don't know like nightclub promoters and like. Car salesmen are like hard to vibe with at first. You feel that it's just like I don't know. There's like you feel some type of way about the anyway. You should take shots. Little jabs, little jabs. I can take it. No, but but even people like like a like a Grant Cardone, you know that he's trying to sell you, but deep down, you can tell he's somewhat genuine, you know, and and um, yeah. So that's that, man. And then honestly, that's just what makes Jared the person he is. You know, I, I came across Jared personally maybe just a few times and. We just click. Just it's just the energy, the vibes, and the vision that we have, um, and that's what kind of brings us all together here. And man, he's a great dude, and pretty impressed with your story so far. So we're gonna keep it going. I had a quick question with for you. So yes. we talk about law. We talk about why you transitioned back into law. Mm-hmm. How did it feel basically getting accepted into law school? Was that a big Was that a big step? Absolutely. So tell um, us about that. You know, because you you put so much time, energy, and effort preparing to get in, right? Um, Finishing your undergraduate degree, taking the LSAT, applying to all schools. So to see uh, a result derived from that, it's priceless. It's priceless. And, you know, on that level, um, I mean, once I decided that I wanted to go in 2010, 11-ish, I was at the firm, um, that's all I could think about. Woke up every day, went to sleep with it on my mind, and, you know, I know you talk a lot about discipline, mm-hmm. and about maybe we could talk about that later on. But um, that's the, that's the, um, that's it. I don't know how else to describe it, but that's what people don't have to, to be able to be focused on something for if it takes five years. Yeah. If what you want to do is ten years, to stick to it and not deviate, you know, along that path as life throws these curveballs and these road bumps and different challenges. I'm sure we got a few listeners that are like students. Um, people, I'm just like you. Like when I went to school, I was like, "Well, what do I want to be?" Well, let me see the income chart. You know, yeah, right, uh, right. accountants make this. All right, accountants, <laughs> um, nah, I heard accountants, accountants boring. All right, finance. All right, they make the second most. So I'm gonna be that. And then right. I took a finance class. I'm like, no, sirree, Bob. All right, so <laughs> next on the list, you know, and uh, so on and so forth. But there's a lot of people, myself was included, right? And then I'm sure all of us at one point where we're going to school, where um, we're working a certain job, we didn't know what we wanted to do. Right. Talking to that, like talk talking to the, the the steps that you know helped you identify the route that you wanted to go. You, you said that law kind of found you, right? What what sort of things helped you with that? Um, I think you just have to be open to receiving what comes your way. Um, and what I mean by that is, I don't think necessarily we're destined from five or six years old to do something. You you make you put your mind on it, and you have to do that for the next eighty years. That's the thing, right? I have to. And people feel bad if it's not 
um, fulfilling anymore or it's not making them happy to leave that and go to another career. Um, happiness and self-happiness is everything, right? Um, but uh, I just think you have to be open to, to receiving those those blessings. And again, knowing what door is open and walking through it. Uh, every day, different careers are being tossed at you. Seeds are being planted and you don't know. Um, but to try and, you know, to try to have that eye or that eagle eye for those doors and what seeds are being planted that may be fruitful. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's a secret to it. I just think it kind of takes pressure off when, when, when you can, I love that, when you take your mind set out of like, look, if I try this and I fucking fall flat on my face and it's and I suck shit at it, there's always a plan B and I'm just going to keep on going. Like like Always. You know, uh, as you know, fear is, is a dangerous, dangerous thing. Um, and before I decided to hang my own shingle or own practice, um, fear obviously controlled that for a while, right? The fear of the unknown. How am I going to pay my bills? But if it doesn't work, you know, um, what if I fall flat on my face? But there's always an option to be, right? Um, but at least you want to get in the game and put that jersey on and try it, right? I would rather, you know, you don't want the doubts. Um, I think I saw you post something the other day. <coughs> yeah. About, uh, the, yeah. You know what I posted? I thought I was going to get so much love on it. It got no love. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's how social media works. Real stuff don't get love, so right? profound. It was, like, <laughs> it was like discipline weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. Right, yeah. It was you not know, doubt, regret. At the end of your life, which one will you have carried? <laughs> you know, I was just like, got it. Mic drop, I felt like. That was so much fire. I looked like an hour later. I was like, man, what had happened? Like, I'm not, I'm not so philosophical. It always works that way, though. You gotta love social media. That's exactly how it works. The realest stuff gets the less love on social media, right? You know, well, it's because it, honestly, it's because we see things out of a different perspective. Sometimes being in where we want to go and the vision we have. So sometimes, what other people might. See, you might not see what's so vibe. Right. So, so if you get true. no love, you a real motherfucker. <laughs> right. <laughs> real. as they come. Facts. <laughs> All right. So now that you're in, now that you're in your own practice, and you've probably been in the game, you, you work for another practice. Mm -hmm. What what separates the successful from the unsuccessful? I think it's the uh, the grit and seeking those opportunities. It's the hustle. Um, it, it really is the hustle. You have to be hungry. I don't care what business you're in. You have to be hungry. And, um, you know, you have to, to feel that hunger um, and act on that hunger. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think those who are, are more hustlers, um, if we could use that word, are more successful than those that aren't in any business, mm -hmm. especially ours, where you see it's very competitive. There's a personal energy lawyer on every billboard in town, every commercial you watch, you know. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, options and good options, frankly, to choose from. Um, but I think, you know, as long as you're seeking those opportunities consistently, um, you're going to be okay. Right. You, you know? jumped in a pond with a lot of big fish. Yeah. You know, like there's this full knock V on every block. <laughs> On every Shout out radio, to he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure he is. You know, I saw what he did for the bike drive. Maybe mm -hmm. like, yeah. But every because I'm in the insurance industry, right? And so I didn't notice it until now. But every other billboard is in an accident. Oh, we got you. Like, yeah. we don't pay unless you win. Or, or no, I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. We don't get paid unless yeah. you win. And I mean, it's every no fee block. until you win. If, if you live in Vegas, look at every billboard now. And you're going to see it. It's just a lawyer and everybody. Yep. So, you know, uh, I guess, I mean, because a lot of people, a lot of people get, a lot of people get discouraged when they jump into, oh, you know, when you ask somebody, hey, mom, dad, what do you think I'm going to join? Uh, I'm going to be a personal trainer. Oh, there's a lot of competition. Mm -hmm. There's a lot. You hear that shit everywhere you go. There's a lot of competition. Yep. You know, what are your thoughts on, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. That's actually, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. I was talking to uh, my office manager about that earlier. But um, <clears throat> to learn to have the ability to value your opinion more than others, I think is something that's priceless. And I don't mean that in terms of, you know, disregarding everybody, you know it all, this and that. But to, to listen to your inner core, your intuition, what rarely lies. But we will let social norms and not going against the grain and status quo diminish that right and and you don't it doesn't thrive or, or shine the way it's supposed to but your heart's telling you that's what you need to do and when you don't um, listen to that voice you feel it your yeah, body, your that's exactly you feel it like it's like ooh, this feels weird yeah you know okay you got one mentor maybe saying this but 
take constructive criticism, mm-hmm. listen to what they have to say and be strategic about it. But at the same time, understanding that this thing inside you is not going to lead you in the wrong direction. You know, um, so I think a lot of that and naturally what is a byproduct of that is being a little bit more fearless, which I think is now you can jump in that pond. And you know what? I'm not worried about not me with all due respect or the Glenn learners, this and that. Um, we're going to carve our own way. There's enough business out here for everybody. Um, let's just do it a little differently. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, it's, it's that 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 inner intuition. It doesn't lie. But we do not know how to listen. I think most humans don't know how to listen to it, um, you know, and uh yeah, so every, every, every industry is competitive. I'm sure you were told law is competitive. I was told right. the insurance industry is competitive. Yeah. Car business. Car business. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, but what makes us different is, like you said, the hustlers, the go-getters, the right. people who want it the most will find a way at the end of the day. Period. That's it. Period. And all you got to do is point to one person that's done it. So why you can't do it? Why I can't do it? Why that person can't do it? And, and, and the right people that are winning in their perspective industry will tell you like to go for it. They're right. not going to tell you like like nobody that's winning will tell you that you shouldn't pursue it. Right. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Leonard's, <laughs> not, Leonard's not going to be like, hey, I got this on lock, Jared. Okay, you should do it. You know, like like. And even if so, I mean, um, you know, I think you earn a certain level of respect from even those that probably said don't, and then you go and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a certain level of respect that might not be um, verbalized. But that they have from but it's making an eye type thing. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So they know yeah. what's going on. Yeah. So. Well, you know what I love. Um, what I love about the people that we bring onto this podcast is that we're all actively going through it. Like the people, the people, like we are in the grind. Like the success the that's going to come five, ten, fifteen, twenty years from now. This will be the stuff that this this will be the ancient artifacts that we refer back to. Right. And. and so for those that are so those that are listening, we're all actively going through the grind, you know, like <laughs> every day. Yeah, like, like in our minds, we haven't made it yet. <laughs> we haven't. And some people will tell us, "No, you made it, nah, bro." Yeah, nah, man. Nah. nah, we still got a long ways to go. And um, learning that, you know, even when you made it, you didn't make it, right? Yeah. Success isn't an end goal. Right, it's not something that you get there and you take the gas off. You know, the, it's a process. It's a process, and you know, shout out to Nip Hustle, but it's a marathon, yeah. um, not a sprint. You know, mm-hmm. but he preached a lot of of those type of themes and entrepreneur and stuff. So he, he dropped some knowledge in every yeah. every song, <laughs> every you, interview. I, I was watching your snap the other day. You you were putting a tribute out to him. Basically, what would you like about Nipsey Hustle? Man, he 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 went against the grain. Um, you know, in, in his industry. It's very common to whether it's a 360 deal or, you know, but to own your own rights. He he preached entrepreneurship, which we know in schools, nowhere you're not hearing that going against the grain and doing it on your own terms. Um, But also he was a community guy. And I think that's where his impact was so strongly felt. Um, Me and my guy, when I posted that, it was a friend of mine and you probably saw it, but uh, he's born and raised in Slauson. Phenomenal story. Uh, one parent home, mother, three children. Two of them went to law school, mm. became attorneys. The other one, graduate school at USC. Five minutes from where Nipsey grew up at. I mean, it was, it was, it's amazing. Uh, I, I have so much respect for his whole family and, and his they, mother. It's the right way. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I was just, I fell, I fell in love with his story and the guy. And it was three for three. Yeah. I'm super proud. <laughs> right. I didn't, you know. Super attorney on top, man. <laughs> right. I'm like, well, these genetics are strong right here. Right down the street from the hood. We're usually good for one fuck up. Right, right. Like every family is good for one fuck nah, 100% with hers. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so from him preaching the, the, the community, but he lived what he talked about. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. I mean, you you could go there. He he brought the block. You hear that term a lot in the culture, right? By the block. Um, he brought the block. He went and purchased buildings, you know, opened up barbershops, restaurants. Um, he was trying to bridge a gap um, to Silicon Valley with some of the inner city kids. I mean, he brilliant guy. But um, I just, he, he was so ahead of his time, but uh, he was living what he was talking about, which we don't see enough of, uh, especially with a lot of the artists, right? We're finally seeing enough of all these videos finally coming out. It's just amazing. Yeah. Like, I never knew this. I knew this dude was, I knew where he came from through his music and his hustle and trying to make a difference. But right. the videos that I've been watching on, on social media and the internet lately is very impactful. Yeah. And uh, it just shows that, don't get it twisted, people are out there doing their thing and, mm-hmm. and they might say it's overnight success, but the process. Oh, yeah. It's the process. You know, the marathon continues. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about some of the obstacles, the biggest obstacles. 
that you that from from working at a at somebody else's practice, somebody else's business, right? To coming out here and creating your own. Oh, I think that one's easy. It's uh, learning how to be an employer, <laughs> right? And um, everything that comes with that. And that's I'm not going to say trial and error, but you know, none of us had staff before, right? None of us had employees before, and we. Damn sure ain't learned about that. Can I cuss me? I'm sorry. Oh, dude. <laughs> we damn sure ain't learned about it in no textbook, you know. So making that transition and, you know, how to hire, how to interview, um, compensation packages, finding that, that fine balance uh, where everybody's happy but it still makes sense for the business. We're all growing together. We're in it to win it. Um, learning the, the CPA aspect of it and, you know, deductions and how our weird tax code works. Um, all that stuff, just how to be an employer. Um, to me has been, I wouldn't say a challenge, but it's novel. Um, it's something that you're learning every day, right? And you're reaching out to your mentors and through trial and error and your own research on how to kind of put those things in place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mentors is huge. 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 I mean, how, many, how many times you reach out to somebody on a daily too, or weekly basis? Too many. I feel bad sometimes. And I always start with, I'm, I'm sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I know they're tired of me, uh, but I mean, you got to have them, but they, they, they have been amazing. My mentors are, are real special. I think everybody's mentors are special, but yeah, I'm bothering them all the time. But that's the best feeling in the world because you're going to come to that place one day where somebody comes to you for mentorship. It's. I always feel when somebody asks me something, I feel good telling them because it's like you know, it makes you feel good. I have a legacy. I'm living for something. Yes. Like my wisdom, my process, mm-hmm. whatever I'm going through, it's for a reason and um, it's paying off. So yeah. people want to be able to because when you speak about it, you get better at it. Facts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a coach. The yeah. Coach, more repetitions, more right. repetitions, more practice, the better you're gonna get. And that's as a coach and as the student. So, um, absolutely, mentors, hundred percent. So. <laughs> yeah, I apologize to all mine. I know I blow you up on a consistent basis, but I love you guys. <laughs> you guys are needed, man. Uh, yes. So, and someday we're gonna pay it forward. There's gonna be some young bucks and be like, "Hey, Jerry, <laughs> <laughs> that's real." And I, I feel like one, we have a responsibility, and I think every human does that's, that's to pay true. it forward. Because our mentors um, have mentors, and they, and, they, and and they're just fulfilling that that duty. They, it's a responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's a duty owed. It's a duty yeah. owed. And we all have to start somewhere, right? I mean, nobody wakes up and knows it all. Everybody was our first day on a job for everybody at some point. So, right. yeah, we got to pay it for it. But also being, being um, what you basically also said, that you're, you're humble enough to know that you need help. Mm. Like, that's a huge one. Like, there's zero ego in, in like, I'm still reaching out to, I'm still reaching out to some, of the, some of the people mm. that helped me from day one. I'm like, hey. How would you handle the situation yeah. right here? <laughs> and um, ego kills. Ego kills. But when you see people that you have respect for and admire, you know, at the top of their game at 40, 50, 60 years old with 30 years of experience for you, still asking questions. Well, God damn it, you better keep asking those questions, yeah. right? Um, you better not have no ego. You know, if the Michael Jordan of this, you know, whoever that is to you, don't have an eagle. And, you, you know, so, yeah, ego kills. And I always advise anybody who has one, kill it. Um, nobody cares about you that much. Just kill it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's true. Talk about the the craziest, you know, from what you can disclose, because I'm sure there's some, like, limitations. But but what's the craziest case you, you've worked on without saying any names or what's the most... Uh, Something that happened in the courtroom that you're like, maybe something that you can't talk about, but just something like anything crazy. The the craziest case. Hmm. I don't, I don't know how crazy this is, but I, I never. I told these kids don't ever goddamn do this shit again. <laughs> but it was uh, two kids. I believe they were uh, from India. Had came in and they were like 20 and 21. They were in an auto accident over near the Palms, and for whatever reason, and it makes our job a, a little easier. Or, or um, uh, they had a dash cam in their vehicle, kind of like how the taxis do, and they were struck. They followed this guy on like a high speed chase, and we had got to see yeah, it all the video. Oh, yeah, he struck him oh, and, and then took he off. <laughs> and I always caution, I would advise people stay at the scene, call like, the police, oh, okay. and relax. No, these two young kids, they were out on a mission. And, um, you know, they follow this guy. This guy probably doing 40, 50 residential neighborhoods, pulls into this apartment complex, leaves the door open, goes and run in the house. And um, I believe they were 
had drugs or something, right? So the police winded up coming. But uh, these kids almost probably got in three or four wrecks trying to find out who hit them. And it was the mirror that had came off and they had insurance. But uh, but yeah, just in terms, I mean, that, that was pretty crazy in terms of uh, what I've actually had a chance to see. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, wild kids, but they were, they were good folks. But uh, yeah, I caution people not to chase folks after they get you. Um, usually it doesn't wind up good, but they were blessed to make sure. No Grand Theft Auto, guys. Yeah, nothing happens. It's not a so video game. They're running for a reason. <laughs> what are, uh, I got a question. I got a question. Let me go. What are, what are three truths? So like it's the end. It's it's you're you're on your deathbed, right? And everything you've ever done, published, to put on Instagram, social media, <laughs> everything's gone. What are what are three truths you can put? You can write down three truths in a book to give it to somebody to pass on to you know your legacy and, and everything. What are Jared's three truths? Oh man, um, remain authentic. Always listen to your intuition. And never underestimate the power of perspective. Okay. I think if I could sum it up, those are the first three that comes to my mind. Okay. Powerful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. Talk about the last one. Why? 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 You know, why the, like the last one is my favorite. That's one of my favorite. Um, a friend of mine had posted a long time ago. Uh, a guy named Julian. But um, understanding the power of perspective, I think when 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 you manifest that or when you tapped into that, you are able to tap into an entire new world. And the, the best example I give is, you know, whatever our micro communities are, that's all that we know. Right. I, I grew up at Mojave High School. Um, you know, what we knew was what we knew. Um, later on, I had the opportunity to to travel with folks, but we, we can't lose our imagination. And, and, and I think that um, you have to see it to believe it. Right. That's why people write the goals down. It doesn't exist if it's not there. Um, however you grew up or whatever was surrounded by you, that's all that you know. So sometimes your imagination can be limited, right? But the moment you let that prosper and you're looking through different perspectives, you begin to kind of open up and realize literally, you know, the, the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, perspective is everything. That's your reality, right? Mm-hmm. Me and you could see the same exact accident and recite it two different ways. Yeah. That's your perspective. That's my perspective. Um, and the same applies on even a larger scale. Right. As it comes to how do we approach adversity? Mm-hmm. How do we you know, when a challenge comes to us, how do we handle that? Um, realizing that, you know, life is 90 percent of what happens and 10 percent how we react. Right, so, and we, we hear that a lot, but I don't think a lot of people truly understand what that means. I, I agree. I agree. You know, you're you're we're all going to have someone close to us that dies. Right. We're all going <laughs> to suffer <clears throat> medical ailments at some point. We're all, you know, and it might drag some people through and. You know, it's just, I mean, but that's what I'm, when I say perspective, um, trying to find that right perspective to look through each lens. I think we were talking about this earlier, Jay. Basically, you told me you've been to a lot of places around the world. Maybe you could discuss places that you've been and the the encounters that you had with these different cultures. I think that goes hand in hand with perspective, right? Absolutely. Be able to see other people's cultures, how they live and what they do. And just being in that vibe, that moment, that presence that experience explain about how because i know you've been quite a bit around the world um, explain to our listeners you know by traveling and freeing your mind how that helped with your perspective as well um yeah i i I love traveling a lot of it is due to learning but also it's you know it's enjoyable and kind of just my happy place it's my sanctuary um but i'm always bringing something back and usually what i'm bringing back is a new perspective uh on a much grander level you know, you get to dismiss sometimes what the media might be talking about a particular town or country, right? They're always oh, shitting on it, this and that. And you go, and the people were amazing. Right. They were nice. They were kind. They were hospitable. Um, they were real. Um, they were smart. Uh, you know, but we would never have that perspective. We're only waking up looking at the TV all the day, right? I mean, they love to talk about Muslims and some of the media, this and that. I was in Dubai for New Year's. I mean, they were amazing right you know um and i and i believe they are you know the media focuses on the, the that, that back to the 90 10 rule the media right. focuses on the 10 percent of fucked up shit that happens in the world correct when there's 90 percent good correct but the media is gonna like microscope this and be like man it's like yeah like, it's just, just just don't watch the news man yeah. but think about people that only watch the news their perspective is what 
goddamn, that country's terrible. Mm-hmm. These people are horrific. Um, so don't yeah. go to Mexico because you'll get shot. You know they're 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 taking tourists. Nah, man. Like, come on. Yeah. One time in in this year and and just yeah, I get that. The world is a beautiful place. Yeah, it is. It is. People just don't talk. We make about up the good. A, a fraction of it. You people, know, there's so much good in the world. But people mm-hmm. just refuse to talk about it. But now that we're on, the, we're talking about you and how much you travel and stuff like that. You know, one of the things I love about you is that you do a great job of living our brand. And I don't even think you realize it. You know, our brand's motto is hustling business, grinding oh, fitness. I realize it. you guys inspire me <laughs> with your themes. No, seriously, I mean it. Hustling business. Grind and fitness, live life. Hustle, grind, live is our is our three. Right. And you do a phenomenal job. And I don't know if it's because we don't have kids yet, <laughs> things like that. But <laughs> that uh, may have a little bit to do with a little it. piece of it. But I mean, but you're in good shape. You know, probably not like you're probably not. You probably look at. Uh, I mean, if you're like us, we're just like, man, we don't look like some of these, you know, bodybuilders right. and these people that are personal yeah. trainers. Right. But but you're in good shape, right? Um, you you hustle harder than anybody. And your work ethics, you know. I don't. I don't know very many people that work harder than you, and you travel, man. You and 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 so some people have the work all the way down. Right. Some people have the fitness all the way down. They're right. broke, but they look good, you know. Yeah. And some people, you know, maybe they travel too much to where they're kind of neglecting their responsibility. You have a really healthy balance of all three, and I love it. You know, you and I are like the same person. You know what I'm saying? Right? Depending on who you ask, <laughs> I might fall in that last category, depending on who you ask. Travel too much, neglect my responsibilities. But no, um, balance. You, you, you keyed in on, on the word. And um, I think what helped with that is, one in particular in our profession, but uh, you got to see what makes you happy. And go do a shit ton of it, right? There's a meme that says, do what makes you happy and do a lot of it. Um, in addition to making a living for you and your family and, and all this other stuff, but we can get burnt out. So if all we're doing is working, we don't you know, don't have any social relationships, we're not trying to enjoy life, anything that activates our you know, endorphins and certain things that triggers you know, happiness and reward centers in your brain, um, you, you have to do that. Life would be miserable. And uh, who wants to be miserable? You know, but th- there is a balance to it. And um, I think whatever means the world to you, you try to spice it up evenly. Um, so, you know, I, I do try to do a third, a third, a third of the things that you say. And um, I think that kind of creates a nice even flow. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, as you know, it's never hard. Nothing in life is, is easy. You've been I mean, a lot of cool places. You've been, to, you've been to Thailand, mm-hmm. right? You've been to Dubai, right? Um you you were recently in what the I mean we're talking like all like in the last like two years you know what I'm saying uh, you went some some somewhere exotic you know what I'm saying and recently like what happens like you know you just that goes back to the, you you know your 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 influence and your your relationships that you've established with people because you're usually there with people mm-hmm. you know and and that's cool because you get to enjoy these experiences with other people right that whereas you know I mean. Yeah, I mean, like, you just like it's cool to know somebody all around the world, you know, to be able to go and connect and, and get to know the local side of things. But you do an awesome job of that, brother. Appreciate that. I got something for you. Talk to me. Uh, what we got? So you're an entrepreneur. He's a personal attorney here in Las Vegas, but now you have your own law firm, basically. What's uh, three principles, advice you would give someone who wants to be an entrepreneur or start their own business? Just three quick principles that kind of would help somebody be aware of kind of get them going make them you know realize that whatever it may be okay three different principles um first i would say truly grasp understand and comprehend the value of networking um understand early on what team really means (laughs) nothing could be accomplished without that and i think you know naturally we like to try to do things ourselves, especially if we know we're good at it. You know, I could do it. I could do it at this rate, this and that. But I think the, the sooner that any entrepreneur can learn that it takes a team, right, or a village, you're going to be better off and more successful early on. And uh, 
lastly, I would say when things get good, never let it get too good. And that's basically remove the goddamn ego because mm-hmm. um, that will be your demise. Um, you know, it's like that undoubtedly that will be your demise. <laughs> I like yeah. that one. When things are too good, it's like, hold on, wait a yeah. minute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> my guards up real quick. Where are you at? Like, my blinders. <laughs> right. And you know, we got to have people around us sometimes to let us know that, or you know, to to remain humble. But um, a lot of that is internal and character too. You know, I heard somebody say a while ago, you know, how you are with a thousand dollars would be the same type of person you would be with. $10 million, mm-hmm. right, in terms of integrity, honesty, doing things the right way, and, uh, you know, what you did accumulate that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I, I believe that, you know, it would just uh, magnify your true character, right? So if you're yeah. a douchebag with a thousand, you're going to be a douchebag with 10 million. And you probably got that 10 million, it was unethical anyway. So let's, uh, as, as we, we're going to wrap up here. As we, one of the things I want to incorporate on our podcast is, you're listening to this episode, right? I sent it to you like 20 years from now. Mm. All right? And what are three things that you're going to do? You know, I don't know why we keep referring to three. <laughs> you don't even got to three. That is my favorite number. <clears throat> That's my favorite. <laughs> what are three things that you are going to have done, seen, accomplished? Uh, um, it could be anything. Charity. It could be travel. It could be family. Um, what are three things that are going to be accomplished that, you know, that you're going to listen back and be like, I called it, you know? <laughs> you talk 60 years from now? 20 years from now. 20 years from now. 20 years from now. You'll be 50 years old. Okay. So look back three things that I would like to have accomplished mm-hmm. by then. Um, well, we got to keep things on a large scale because that's how we affect the biggest impact. So uh, a, a charter school um, here locally, we like to open up, and I've been in contact actually with a couple of folks, Quentin Carter, um, who owns some businesses. He's playing NFL, and some guys. But um, you're going to create one, correct? Okay. Um, and that's in the super early stages. It, actually, the idea just came about about two weeks ago. Okay. Um, but it's something that I, I have a lot of interest in. And um, what does it? What does that do? I'm not familiar with the charter school. Call me an idiot, but well, no, no. So it's similar. I mean, it's not under Clark County, but they are. Um, they do have to abide by the Clark County rules and regulations, but it's kind of self-funded for the most part. Oh, okay. Um, and you kind of get to create the curriculums. You got to abide by theirs, but you get to add more to it. Mm. And one thing that I have with uh, you know, uh, traditional schooling is there's so much practical things that are not in the curriculum. Okay, so what would you like to add to this curriculum? Because this is probably powerful right here. And I believe in this 100 million percent. I think we know where you're going with this. Yeah, I think everything from basic business oh. principles, oh. Um, from learning how to read a tax return and what the hell a tax return is. Um, uh, I mean, it, it goes on and on, learning how to purchase a home. Um, purchase a car. Real right? life stuff. Not, yeah. Not <laughs> parallelograms. Yeah. No, no, no. And, not and the Pythagorean and A squared plus B squared equals C squared, which I haven't used since, you know, I 11th mean. grade anyways. <laughs> um, but those type of stuff, I, I think they should be there. They're just on a basic level, but principles. And if you want to further that and, you know, you have an interest. Well, it, gets, it gets our kids prepared for the future. <laughs> you know? That's what I'm glad they taught us about parallelograms. <laughs> it's going to come real handy this parallelogram season. <laughs> So it's like, you know, the utility in that. But, um, yeah, I just don't think there's a, there's enough practical stuff um, in that. Another one, and I wouldn't say, you know, you said 20, I'll be 50, so uh, 20 years from now. But uh, Mojave High School did a lot for me, and I've been in contact. And this is actually, I'll be developing a nonprofit that should be up and going next year. Okay. Um, but me and my best friend. Yeah, I just made this a five-year plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's, I, I got a lot of cool things I like to do, and it's hard to kind of quantify in terms of timing. But um, start a scholarship program exclusively for that school. Okay. And hopefully it'll be something annually. That's awesome. Um, yeah, but they, you know, you learn so much during high school. That's kind of when you're there and your cognition and yeah. you're developed. And, you know, you, you start to really become you. And you have an understanding of how the world works and stuff like that. So I think that's a critical time in everybody's life, um, in particular some inner cities. You know, schools have different challenges and stuff from other schools. So to provide an impact on that type of level would be very self-fulfilling. Um, I got one more, right? Is that two? Charter school, scholarship program. That's very selfless, by the way. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, last one. Put it out there, baby. Retire my mama. 
Hey. And Pops. And Pops. Hey. And Pops. Hey. 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 They're my biggest supporters, and like most folks, you know, they probably are. But uh, I was just telling my, my office manager earlier, it's frustrating sometimes with my mom, but it's just a testament to how big of a supporter she is. I could tell her I want to jump on the moon tomorrow. You know what she's going to say? Go do it, baby. You could, Now, we all know, goddamn, I can't jump on the moon. But um, it's just that that's it's the overwhelming love that they just want to, you know, they have Worship. poured into. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it's priceless. Because yeah. um, I mentioned earlier, you know, fear controls a lot of stuff. So when you have that coming from your loved ones, this and that, you could kind of tap into that inner feeling that I was talking about um, to go ahead and do whatever it is it's telling you to do. Last one. I got one for you, though. So you're 30 years old. You're going to be 31. Uh, hey, we're both Leo's, by old. the way, my Can't brother. Right? Yes, hey, sir. August. Lies. Um, Sorry, man. But <laughs> how about a family? I mean, 30 years old. What do you think about family anytime soon? The future? Not soon, but I mean, we still want to live. You want to travel. You want to enjoy the world. I know I'm right there with you. <laughs> yes, baby. yes. But, uh, and when you have that, you can't do all that. But uh, absolutely, I want a family. You know, I have some old ass. <laughs> 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 hey, we we are, but it is what it is, man. So if you have kids right now, like there's a blessing in that because. Like, yeah. we're going to be changing diapers at 50. <laughs> we're not playing basketball with our sons and not injuring something. No, we, there's some cons to, to developing a family late. Um, but I, I certainly have aspirations and, and hopes to have a family. Because um, that is, I mean, the family unit is what make America American. I think yeah. what, at the end, gives us our gratification when we've done enough, maybe, of some of the other stuff we want to do, travel, <clears throat> you know, without restrictions and this and that. But, uh yeah, that is a staple, and yeah, a family would be ideal for sure. And anything else? You, we have a lot of listeners that are in the self-development. They want to better themselves, become the best versions of themselves. They might not be where we want to go, our, our vision, but what's a couple of things maybe you recommend to them to help them become the best version of themselves? I know like we talk about discipline and hustle, hard work, great. Anything else that you, maybe you can encourage our listeners, You know, you know, give them some type of hope and you know, I think it's a lot of it's a lot of simple things. Um, one, be happy or try to be happy. I think naturally, good things are going to happen to you when you're happy and you're looking at things through. You know, yeah, is the glass half empty or half full type thing, right? Um, and I'm a firm believer of a, a theory called Occam's Razor. Are you familiar with that theory? No. So it's it's basically it's a theory where problem solving. You know, if you have this formula or or this decision making or this decision which one is right the simpler of the two truths um, I think as humans it's easy to complicate everything um, and naturally I think that's not good for the mental and you wind up second guessing yourself and you know you get stressed out with yourself but uh but yeah Occam's razor is just the simpler of the two truths you know whether it's a legal problem whether it's something you know you're dealing with at your your agency or you know just a family issue and you got to Simpler the two truths. Make a decision, go on, live with it, and it is what it is. But um, mental illnesses are obviously big uh, in America and among um, around the world. So I, I try to ha- keep a conscious effort on different ways to try to keep it clean and uh, you know more happy. So those right neurotransmitters are firing off to keep you smiling and you know that energy radiating. Energy's going right now. I tell you that. <laughs> So, what's next? Well, before we wrap up, what's next for you? Uh, and what, what's the very next step for you? I mean, you, you mentioned a couple things already. I mean, that was a twenty-year plan, but I guess it's, <laughs> it's happening like next week. But, <laughs> but, right. but uh, what, what's next for you? Um, you know, how, is, do you want to open up? Um, you know, a couple offices. Do you want to? Is there another? Obviously, you have a couple passion projects. But what's what's next for you? What are you excited about? Um. So to continue growing, and you mentioned, yeah, what, where do we see ourselves? So we want to re- remain small to the extent we can. So maybe one other office in town. Um, you know, I think that's where we can maximize delivering our personal touch with our clients in the community in an efficient way. At some point, you know, if you become too large, it's hard to keep your core values, what made you successful, mm-hmm. um, intact. Right. Yeah. Things could just kind of grow out of control. Um, so we want to remain small. But, you know, uh, over the next 10 years, if we could have a two, three attorney firm, uh, you know, including myself, I would say three uh, and, and two associates. Uh, I think that would be ideal. Okay. That would be ideal. Uh, again, it's always about balance 
and um, you know I don't want to lose that. So yeah, another office and maybe two, three other attorneys. Got it. Uh-huh. Awesome, man. How can our listeners find you? Give them, give them, t- give them your tags, your Instagram, your oh. Facebook, your. Oh. Uh, Instagram, uh, Jared underscore ESQ is my handle. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Clark Law Group um, here in Las Vegas, Nevada. We just moved offices. Um, our new address is 6655 West Sahara Avenue, Suite A212, located directly across the street from uh, the Lexus dealership and adjacent to the CarMax. Um, yeah, we're here. We're, we're, not, we're not hard to find, and I'm everywhere, so... Awesome, guys. So, um, if you're insured with me, um, <laughs> all states. If you're insured with me, boy, all states. Before I pass it over to Fody to, um, to, for him to wrap it up, I just want to acknowledge you for a couple of things. So, thank you for letting us interview you. Thank you for giving our, our listeners value. Um, and I just want to acknowledge you for a couple of things, bro. I want to acknowledge you for your grit, man, because. Uh, Every time I'm having a rough day, I see that you're, you know, putting in late night uh, um, hours in the office. I'm, I'm just refreshed, you know. Um, a lot of people don't know what's going on the inside when, like, on the outside, it looks like we're grinding. Yeah. It's just like, oh, life is so good for these for these hustlers, these entrepreneurs. Um, and then you, you know, you're always showing love, and it just makes me kind of validating, uh, validating the grind and stuff like that. So I just want to acknowledge you for the grit. You're a very hard worker. You're one of the biggest hustlers we know. Your selflessness. You know, when I ask you what you want to do in 20 years, none of those three had anything to do with you. Nothing to do with I. Nothing That's to do with I you. Um, so you're very selfless. Uh, your, your optimism, the two things I noticed from you uh, 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 right away was like, this dude, like when I first met you, right. your positive energy. I mean, it was just all love. And, and, and Randall, um, who, who in which yeah. I, in, I met you through, um, you know, you're just an extension of him because that's all Randall yes. is, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, to the T. Randall's just all love. And, and you know, you guys, I, actually, now that I think about it, you guys are very identical um, in that respect. And so, so for your optimism and your positive energy. So um, thank you for the human being that you are. Bro, and thank you for adding value to our listeners. That means a lot. Can I say something before you try to talk to me? First, I want to uh, say thank you too for uh, for allowing this opportunity to happen. It's a true privilege and honor to me, and I mean that uh, from the bottom of my heart. You guys are passing a message along um, through your barbells and briefcase, through your podcast, and just through your daily post and the way you live your life. That I think the world needs to continue to to see let alone the generation coming behind us needs to continue to see. And that impact does not go unnoticed. And people are listening. They are looking. Um, you guys inspire me. Seriously. Right, Seriously. That, bro. Young guys changing the world. Yeah, we're just trying to share a positive message, you know. And so, well, you're not trying, you're doing so. We're doing it. There you go. <laughs> do or do not. <laughs> so, no ladies time. and gentlemen, we thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can reach us, of course, on Instagram, Barbells and Briefcases, Facebook, Barbells and Briefcases, our website, barbellsbriefcases.com. Pearl's a little low, but we are making a mass order for Mr. Olympia coming this year. It's a big step for us. Um, we're going to have brand new gear, man. We're going to have tank tops, we're going to have tees, hoodies, yeah. crop top hoodies, um, a couple of protein shakers. <laughs> uh, man, you guys are going to love it. Subscribe, leave a five-star review. We appreciate you. We hope you gain so much value. And not only do we hope that, you know, we're, we're here to spread the word, spread the message, make a difference, make an impact. We want you guys to encourage you guys to do the same because that's what's going to make this world a better place when all is said and done. So thank you for listening. It was a pleasure, Jared. Thank you. Thank you. And that's it. We're out.